It's Robin Marshall, America's number one sugar mom. <laughs> this time today, I decided to look at the world sort of through somebody else's mind. A man's mind, no less. Yes, I've been told I think like a man, but this was just, as he said, a comedy of errors. Everything and anything that could have gone wrong. It was like watching a circus. The clowns all scrambling out of the little Volkswagen bug and the car tipping over. Let me just start with, this is a man that I spent the weekend with. And throughout the last, I'd say, 10 days, things have escalated with us to a good point, but things have escalated to him as well with craziness, things that happen in life that only happen to people like me, usually. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm rubbing off, because at one point I said to him, we cannot have two ditzy people in the same relationship. It won't work. We'll just keep running in circles and never get anywhere. But in a perverse sort of way, it makes me feel good because I know now that it's not just me that has this craziness around them. I sometimes feel like I'm in the eye of a storm in the middle I take a step to the left. I'm caught up in the tailwinds of whatever it was. So here's a couple of things. He's driving a truck from here in Dallas to California. And this is a man that has done this for years and years and years and hardly ever has any problems at all. Well, this particular trip, his partner decided he needed to stop and use the bathroom. Gets out of the truck. My guy walks around, looks at the truck, as he usually does, sees a puddle of oil under one of the wheels and touches the whatever that is, lug nut or wheel nut or whatever that piece is that goes near the wheel that's metal. And he said it was so hot, it almost burned his hand, which meant that any minute after that, if they had gotten back on the road, the truck would have caught on fire. So this was a good luck break for them. They had to call whoever comes out to fix big trucks I can't imagine it's AAA, but they had to wait there for hours for somebody to come and rescue them. They get back on the road, traveling, traveling, everything's fine. Hours later, I get a text saying, I think somebody just tried to shoot me <laughs> as I'm driving. And now I'm scratching my head. And truly, this feels like it's me talking to me. How does that happen? So I said, where are you? He says, in the middle of nowhere. Wouldn't that make you stop and think, who in the world would be out in the middle of nowhere with a gun waiting for your truck to drive by? Hmm? I said, are you sure it wasn't a rock? He says, I don't see a rock anywhere. I don't see anything. There's nothing on the floor. But again, they had to pull over and wait for the surrogate AAA to show up. I really should find out what that is. But the big mother company that fixes big mother trucks. Hours and hours. And this was supposed to have been a quick turnaround trip. And he was going to come back to my house. Well, at this point, we all knew that wasn't going to happen with all the delays that had gone on. Now, can you imagine driving in one of these huge trucks, minding your own business, listening to the radio or whatever you do, you zone in, you zone out, but you know what you're doing. As he says, he never goes above 70 because he doesn't want to risk his license because if he loses his license, he's out of work. So he's responsible. 
and he's focused. And the next thing you know, you feel glass shattering and flying at you at 70 miles an hour on a hot day. I can't even imagine what that overwhelming feeling must have been. A whoosh of hot air and glass straight at your face, arms, shoulders, with a partner who's sleeping in the back. I would have freaked out. I don't even know if I could have gotten back behind the wheel. Could you? I would have felt traumatized. But after waiting hours, they got back on the road, came around back. Turns out it was the heat that caused it. I guess some kinds of glass just aren't made properly to withstand the amount of heat versus the amount of air conditioning inside the vehicle. I don't know. I know that when I drive anything, all I want to know is where do I put the keys? Where's the music? Where's the air conditioner? And is the tank full? That's all I need to know to get anywhere I go. Moving on, he comes home. Coming here, everything was uneventful. No problems at all. Breathes a sigh of relief, has a beer, we sit and talk, tells me a little bit more about what happened. Then we get in the car and we go to his house with my little sugar doggies because they love his house. His house has cats, not domesticated cats. They live outside and they scare the shit out of my dogs. But my dogs just go back for more every time. (laughs) But they have open country and they can run. I could just picture both of them with a little stick with the balloon-shaped kerchief on the back, trucking off into the distance. We'll see you some other time, Ma. We're in the country now. We're a country of sugar dogs. We have been redecorating his house. This all happened this weekend. This is pure craziness. He's got the downstairs bedroom completely cleaned out, and we are converting it into an office. The whole carpet is taped up, up to about the edges. He had a big metal desk in there. He used to have a moving company, so he knows how to pick things up and move them the way movers do. You know how they turn them upside down, they put them on their sides, they shimmy them out the door. The things that you and I would probably have a heart attack trying to even lift a corner of, he can just pick them up and move them and scoot them out. Well, he takes this big metal desk and he dances it out the door. And I don't even look to see where he's going with it because I'm busy painting the trim along the bottom of the wall because he's got this other desk he wants to bring in. And I want to get this wall trim painted first before he pushes it close to the wall. And I'm down there for a while and I'm starting to feel sore. And then he has a paintbrush and he's painting the trim near the doorway because he was doing the two-step with the desk on the way out. And he's now laying on the floor, painting that trim near the door. And I finally stand up and I say, oh, I got to go check on my dogs. I need a break. And he is so big that as I tried to walk through the doorway and him, I only had room for one foot. And then one of the metal legs of the desk was right beside him laying flat on the floor. And he says to me, by the way, watch out for that leg. And I looked down as I was stepping over stepped over the metal leg and wound up banging my nose on the leg that was up in the air. Now, I wasn't looking up. I was trying to step over him. And when he said, 
Watch out for that leg. Wouldn't you have thought he meant the leg that I'm looking at on the floor? Not one that mysteriously comes out of nowhere that's right at eye level and almost gave me a freaking concussion. There was blood everywhere. It's like the skin on my nose burst and I felt the swelling immediately. And in my head, what do you think I'm thinking first? Number one, asshole. Number two, maybe I could get a free nose job out of this deal. (laughs) Oh my God. He jumps up and he sees me run into the bathroom because I'm stunned. I, I honestly think I was in shock. And when I saw my face, I said to him, get me ice. Don't talk to me. Get me ice. So he runs out and I'm I'm with Kleenex and I'm just trying to stop the bleeding. I am so aggravated with this man now. And in my head, again, all of these things are running through my head. He's broken down twice when he says he doesn't. He got a ticket at the airport. I forgot to tell you that. He came to pick me up at the airport, parked at the curb. There were three signs right beside his car with big red circles with an X through them. And then another sign on top that says, no parking ever, motherfucker. And the one on top said, you've got to be kidding. But he parked there. And when we came out, there was a cop that gave him a ticket. It would have been cheaper for me to take an Uber home. But you see how I'm getting sidetracked with all of his shenanigans? And he's the most methodical person, like he's a really smart guy. So I don't know what's causing him to have all of these issues, except for the fact that I think he might be overwhelmed by me. And as a result, I feel a little bit guilty. Now, I know it's not my fault that he broke down on the highway. And I'm sure that it wasn't my fault that somebody broke the glass on his window. But all these other things. It's like, I feel like he's just not thinking, said the woman who got hit in the head with a metal leg of a desk that was upside down in the air. (laughs) So wait, I'm getting to the best part. This is nothing compared to the best part. Then he runs into the kitchen. I run behind him because I need ice immediately on my nose and my forehead. Let's not forget that. I am lucky I didn't knock myself out. No kidding. He's grabbing, trying to get ice out of a bag. I grab a bag of peas out of his freezer, which is probably the only thing that was in his freezer, might I add. He's got not one drop of food in his house. And he says it's because he drives. He's never there. He's been single for so long. I said, so you're single and you starve when you're home? All right, so I grab the one bag of peas and I put it on my nose while he's still busy chipping away at the ice and the blood is all over the bag of peas. It just won't stop bleeding. So I'm dripping. It's everywhere. I switch to his ice bag. I get a washcloth. I mean, I'm doing everything I can to keep the swelling down because who needs a bigger nose than I've already got and I would really like the blood to stop. Well, he goes back into the bedroom and he leaves me there. By the way, this is the second time he's left me somewhere in distress. Can I jump back for a minute? We went to have oysters at a very popular restaurant nearby. The best oysters I've ever had. They were so good. One of them was like the size of my palm and I tried to eat it and he looks at me and he goes, that should have been on YouTube. (laughs) 
<laughs> I could only imagine. But as I'm chewing that thing, something got lodged in my throat and it wasn't the oyster. And get that out of your head, that disgusting thought that just passed your mind. I felt it. There was shells inside that oyster. And as a result, when I tried to swallow, it got stuck. And he's talking to me at the bar. This is just another one of the shenanigans and the crazy moments. And I've only known him for like three months. I'm choking and I'm trying to tell him and I can't. I'm coughing. I'm, tr- I'm swallowing. I'm trying to get it out, whether it's coughing, swallowing, doing a dance, getting down tonight. I couldn't get that thing out of my throat. Another line you should keep to yourself right now. I mouthed the words bathroom and he points there And he takes me, but I start to run. And I get into the bathroom, ready to just throw it all up because I figured that's the only way to get it out. I couldn't. And it took me a while, but eventually I swallowed that shell. And man, I'll tell you, if that's ever happened to you, that is a scary ass feeling because you don't know what to do. There was nothing to drink because I was in the bathroom I didn't want to leave the bathroom because I didn't know which way it was going to come out. And finally, I was okay. Sore, but okay. And I came out of the bathroom, fully expecting to have him there waiting, saying, are you all right? Let me give you a hug. Let me make sure, is there anything I can do for you? Well, he's not there. Where is he? I start to walk. He's back at the bar, turning to walk back to the bathroom, but I happen to see that he has a full beer that was just placed down on the bar, and now I'm fuming. Who does that? And I sat down, and he says, are you okay? I wanted to hit him. I said, now I am. I think I was going to die like two minutes ago. Why didn't you stay there? Why did you leave? And as I'm saying these words, I'm thinking to myself in my head, as I always do, I never really had the opportunity to voice the words that I was in trouble, that I thought I was dying, that I was choking, that I couldn't get it out. Like he never knew how serious it was because it was all inside of me and I couldn't talk. But as I always do, I assume people think just like me. So as I'm berating him with the fact that he left me, And he came back and ordered a beer in the meantime. He looks at me and he says, I am trying like a motherfucker to be the guy you want. And he just sits back in his chair and looks at me with that face. And I knew that I should just shut up because no, he doesn't know me well enough yet to think like me, like every other man that I've dated that I thought thought like me that wound up not thinking like me. It's not that I make poor choices. It's just that I give them too much credit way too soon. But he's the closest. He's the one that comes the closest to thinking like me, which is why I got pissed off, because I expected more, only because it was him. Do you follow any of what I just said? I know you have to. As far as that episode, and this all happened within this 10-day period, the next day, I went to the doctor to have my blood drawn to make sure that my levels were still going down, my CA-125. It was just to make sure 
that we were on a trend, which was really good because two weeks before they dropped all the way, and I knew that the cancer was in remission, and I shouldn't have even been on that medication, and all this crap that goes along with it—the emotional roller coaster ride—and my numbers did go down, and I was so thrilled. I was so thrilled. And that is not an edit that needs to be made in the tape. It's me saying I was thrilled, not twice, but just three times. But while I was there, I decided to have my nurse look at my throat because it really hurt. And I thought I was getting sick. And I just wanted to make sure if it was an infection that was coming on, that they put me on an antibiotic. And then as I was walking into her office, I thought, oh, that has to be from the oyster shell. And that's what we found out when they examined me. I scratched the back of my throat, which is wonderful for a podcaster and a voiceover talent. Let me get back into the bedroom office that we were painting. After I almost broke my nose, knocked myself out, gave myself a concussion with the ice and the washcloth, I. <laughs> it's hard for me to even say this. I start to walk back into the room we were working on, and I hear this. Oh, God damn it. (laughs) I thought to myself, let me run. Let me get the fuck out of this house because there's a problem. There is some kind of circulation in the air around the two of us that I need to just flee. But like a good person, I walked into the room to see if there was something I could do to help as the blood was dripping down my face. I said, what's the matter? He spilled the entire can of white paint (laughs) on the ground and he's got it on the plastic as it's starting to drip off the edge and he's pulling it up and he props it up and he's red in the face, but he somehow has this ability to be able to control himself after he has an outburst. He quietly and quickly brings himself back in. It's like a vacuum that sucks his insides out. He goes in and he gets this Tupperware bowl or whatever, and he starts scooping the paint and putting it back in the gallon. And to me, I'm thinking, it's everywhere. Like, what a freaking mess this is. And him, talk about lemons to lemonade, he says, I got almost the whole gallon back in the can. There you have it. His way of seeing it, my way of seeing it. As the day progressed, This is the best part. This is what I've been building up to. (laughs) I can't even say it. I talked him into taking me out on the boat. He's got this big old boat. And I wanted to be on the lake. It's a beautiful day. And after all we'd been through and all he'd been through all week, I thought it'd be a great idea. And he hadn't taken the boat out this year at all yet. And he had a kid over that was doing some power washing for him. So he asked the kid to power wash the boat just to get it cleaned up a little bit. And uh, he attached it to the trailer. And me, the little sugar dogs, and him, we all got in his big truck. Not that big, big truck, but this other something with really big wheels. And we drove down to the lake. Well, I have no complaints. I have nothing to say except that it was just wonderful. Both dogs on the boat, sitting beside me in the back. He's flying around, not going fast. It's the first time out, and he wants to take it a little bit slower just to make sure the boat's running okay. 
And he set it up in the way where he said, we're going to leave it here at this dock so we don't have to deal with the trailer anymore. We could just come here. We could just go boating every time we go here on the weekend. This is like our boat now for the weekends. And I'm thrilled with this idea. We could have picnics on the boat. We can do whatever we want on this boat because it's a 26-foot boat. Do you know how many things you can do with 26 feet? Anyway, we finished the boat ride, came back, docked it. His friend lives near the dock and said to feel free anytime we want to use that dock. And then he had to get to work. We're back at the house getting into the car to leave. Scrambled to grab both dogs who did not want to leave. Gave me the paw, you know, instead of the finger. Threw them both in the back of his car. Finally, he gets a text. He looks at his phone. And as I'm just about to get into the car, I hear him say it again. God damn it. I said, what the fuck? could be wrong this time in my head, of course. But out loud, I said, what's wrong? My boat sank. I said, what? We just left the boat. Ah, shit. I think I forgot to put the plugs in. (laughs) Again, I said, we can't have two ditzy people. What do you mean? I didn't even know boats use plugs. A plug for what? To keep the water out he says as he looks at me. Now, that was a stupid question with an obvious answer, but truly, I didn't know that boats had plugs and that they really stay afloat because of a plug. Did you? That seems like something you'd see in a cartoon. I didn't know it was for real. We drove back to the dock, and as we're driving, he's calm, and he's thinking, it's okay, we'll just pull it out. And I'm thinking, That boat is 20 feet underwater, and you think you're going to pull it out? Do you know how much mud is going to be on that boat after it's submerged and you are leaving to go to work and you can't do it now, so it's going to be three days worth of mud getting on top of a boat 20 feet down? And no, I didn't say any of that out loud at first because I had to filter it through my brain ahead of time because to me, it was the impossible that happened. His words were, well, it needed a good cleaning anyway. Seriously. We get there. All you can see is the very tip top of the front of the boat. That's it. The whole boat underwater. He was totally untouched by this whole episode. How? How does somebody remain calm when something like this happens on top of all the other crap that went on within the last 10 days with him? Calm as a cucumber. Ah, it's only a boat, he says as he gets back in the car. It's only a boat. I said, it's only a boat. I'd give anything to have a boat. How can you leave and not find somebody to take this boat out of here? Yeah, I'm thinking on that. I'm thinking on that. I'm working on that. So there you have it. That boat is still underwater. He went to work. He says he knows a guy that's a little bit out there that likes to do crazy shit that feels like things like this might be a challenge and that he's going to call him and ask him how to get the boat out of the water. And don't you know he was right? This guy is like somebody that wants to solve a Rubik's Cube puzzle. So that's the way it is. 
He's got this guy working on it, as he knew the guy would take the bait, and he feels like he's going to have a clean boat at the end of the deal. Now, this is me inside of his head, and it's me telling you what's on my mind. I don't know how he has survived the last 10 days. And let's not forget, he's got me on top of all that, who he loves and he's infatuated with and wants to do everything right by, and I am the one that can make anybody crazy. So he's got me to deal with on top of all that shit. Today I get my morning text, just thinking about you, honey, just can't wait to see you again. It's like none of this stuff happened. And one of the best parts of all, and now this meant something to me, call me crazy, won't be the first time, when we were on that boat, I swear to God, I'm telling you the truth. He sat down behind the wheel and a butterfly sat on his shoulder. Honest to God, this butterfly stayed on his shoulder the whole boat ride. And I kept telling him, you know, you have a butterfly on your shoulder. (laughs) And he says, that's a lucky butterfly. You know, that's the way he thinks. And he's quick-witted. And I watched that butterfly the whole trip and how that thing didn't fall off or fly off at the speed we were going, it stayed right there with its little wings flapping. As we pulled into the dock, it took off. And I said to him, do you know that that butterfly stayed on your shoulder the whole time we were out there? It's like 45 minutes. And he just turned around and smiled. And as he turned around and looked at me, that butterfly circled him and then took off. It came back out of nowhere, circled around his head. He saw it, and we both watched it go off into the sunset. (laughs) What a perfect ending to a crazy story. But that's how I spent my weekend. That is me speaking outside of what I thought was going on inside of his head. I guess it means he's got strong character, or he is a strong character, one or the other, or both. Let's see how long he sticks around, because this is the first time in my life I have ever felt that I am the one looking at somebody else like they have a screw loose. It's usually the guy that looks at me like I have a screw loose, even though I know what I'm talking about. It might not sound like I know what I'm talking about. It's just my order of words sometimes gets a little confusing, but the message is there. He's just had the most odd things happen in the short time I've known him. And yet he keeps coming on strong and he keeps moving ahead like he can swat a fly out of his way. So I give him a lot of credit and we'll see where it goes. A day in the life. It's exhausting just reliving it. I can't wait to see what this boat looks like when it comes out of the water. I'll let you know. Anytime you want to reach me, you know where to find me, sugarmom.net or right here on iTunes, Sugar Mom Podcast. Oh, you could also email me, robinmarshallsugarmom at gmail.com. Three ways to reach me if you ever want to come on the air. Or maybe you'd like to leave a comment or something on the podcast review section. That'd be cool. Make me feel special. I hope you had a wonderful Mother's Day, by the way. I did too. Well... All of that happened on Mother's Day. What the hell am I talking about? (laughs) But my children did send me beautiful flowers and presents, and my son didn't forget. Can I hear a hell yes? 
He sent me flowers, and they arrived on Mother's Day. I just want to give him a round of applause. Pardon me for a second. It's the first time in his life. I think he's finally growing up. But I do hope that you had a wonderful Mother's Day and that your children treated you with respect, love, and honor, as you deserve. I'll talk with you next week. It's Robin Marshall, Sugar Mom.